Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios, Geekery and General Podcast. I'm going to be continuing my look at some of TSR's supplements for the Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. With a look at one of my favorite adventures, All This and World War II. Now, the adventure was released back in 1989, and it was written for the West Coast Avengers. So, like a lot of your Marvel superheroes adventures, really the main challenge is going to be adapting it to your group. Now, with this particular group, your uh, characters, or at least the pregens they include, are Vision, Moon Knight, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, Tigra, and Wonder Man. So one of the things that can make this challenging if you are going to scale it to your own party is you got to consider there's only two members of the Avengers here that actually have any form of body armor, and that would be Wonder Man and Vision. So they're really not going to be bothered by most of the attacks that you're going to find. But for the other characters, since they lack body armor, then, well, those uh, soldiers you're going to fight that are just armed with regular firearms, they're going to actually uh, have a, a lot greater threat to those characters. I did take my own group upon this adventure when I was doing my Marvel superheroes campaign. And again, that was really the challenging part is just uh, scaling the damage so that it would be somewhat realistic, but it wouldn't, you know, as I said before, when I've talked about my group that I had for this, we had one or two characters that actually had significant body armor. So I had to make sure I would was presenting challenges that would be fit for the, the tanks in the group, but wouldn't steamroll over the other party members. Now, the adventure doesn't take too long. I believe my group finished it in about five or six hours, so it's a nice little adventure that you can easily fit into uh, the aft- an afternoon or an evening. It was the first in a series of adventures that were... Uh, featured time travel. So this one, of course, takes us back to the days of World War II. Uh, I know one of the other adventures in the series involved the Wild West. I think it was called the Weird West. Uh, so that was the you know the classic American West with you know cowboys and outlaws and so on. I don't know what the third one is. I may have seen it once, but I forgot uh, what it was called. But still, as I said, this one is actually a really fun adventure, and personally, I think very well written, very well paced. One of the other things I like about this adventure is it does bring in a couple of legends from the real world. Now, if there's any World War II enthusiasts or history buffs out there, You may have heard of a supposed program that the Nazis were doing, and I don't remember the German name for it, but 
it translated something to the effect of like miracle weapon or wonder weapons. So these were Nazi super weapons. And I think I may have seen a documentary or two uh, on these over the years. Uh, But this actually brings in two supposed Nazi super weapons. The first is a device called uh, Der Glock. I probably mispronounced that. And it basically translates to the bell. Now, as I recall, the theory is that there was, I guess, some uh, ruins of some base where they found a structure, strange structure, and they weren't exactly sure what it was for. But supposedly there was this bell-shaped device that the Nazis were trying to use to develop time travel. So the reason that appears in this adventure is because, well, in this particular continuity, the Nazis did successfully develop a time-traveling machine, and the uh, Adolf Hitler had sent a group of elite soldiers called the Blue Death into the future to try to find future technology and to bring it back to help the Nazi cause. Now, the other weapon that is in this particular adventure is the Nazi UFO. There is a legend that the Nazis, they did go down to Antarctica, and while there, they uh, stumbled upon the ruins of a UFO, and they were bringing it back to, they brought it back to Germany, and the uh, hope was that they would use it to be, they would be able to use it to create better aircraft. And uh, another little fun piece of uh, trivia for you, if anyone out there is a, a fan of the band called the Foo Fighters, that actually comes from a phenomenon that was observed during World War II. Now, several pilots said that they saw strange balls of light that would sometimes follow alongside their plane. And one uh, theory is that these balls of light were actually Nazi secret aircraft. One thing I did often wonder after I started playing certain video games, if you've ever played uh, any of the Gradius games or uh, Life Force, you know, they've got the options, these little glowing balls that follow you around and fire whatever weapon you're firing. I often wondered if that was the inspiration, or if the Foo Fighters, rather, were the inspiration for those uh, the options in the Gradius games. Now, the adventure actually begins with an introduction where they go over uh, the different uh, player characters that you can use for the game, but it also has a short but fairly well-written section that talks about designing your own hero groups. So it gives you some ideas for a basic group background, um, as well as using contacts with the group. Uh, Again, deciding what type of a group you are, whether you're mercenaries, whether you are philanthropic. Yeah, that, you know, you're you're, basically you're fighting crime and supervillains out of the goodness of your heart, or whether you're an official government-sponsored supergroup. 
They also talk a little bit about plot foils. So these would be figures like scientists or members of the media or even government or scholarly officials that uh, can provide your uh, your team with either information or motivation for their adventures. And then talk a little bit about what type of headquarters and equipment does your hero have. It also talks about some of the main non-player characters. In this game, they do give stats for the invaders, which includes Captain America, Submariner, Bucky, the Human Torch, not Johnny Storm from the Fantastic Four, but rather the original Human Torch, who was an android, Toro, and Union Jack. And they actually do play a role in the adventure. And this is one of the things that I actually find uh, interesting about it. It's designed so that there's a point in the adventure where you're going to split up your group. And when you split up your group, uh, it actually worked out perfectly for my group because we had six people at the time. Uh, So when the party split, okay, three of the people got to play their own characters while the other three had to play a member of the Avengers. I'm sorry, not the Avengers, the uh, the Invaders. And then when the other split section came, then the people who were playing their own characters now had to play an Invader, and the people who were playing one of the NPCs now could play their own character. So on to the adventure. The adventure has a very good start, very flexible as it makes it easy to bring just about any superhero group into the game. And it starts out, you receive a message from Nick Fury, and he doesn't really give you too many details, but he does let you know that he wants to see if you would be interested in helping test a new military weapon called the Cavalier Infantry Support System. And what this device is, it's basically a self-controlled mecha that's designed to help military units fight against super-powered adversaries. After the heroes have accepted uh, Nick Fury's offer, they're taken to the base where they're given a little bit of a tour, and then they go to the actual combat against this mecha. Now, the uh, the Cavalier is set up to have non-lethal weaponry. So it's pretty much decided that your characters are not going to die in this particular adventure, or this particular part of the adventure. Plus, since you're in a military base, of course, there's going to be medics on hand. However, during the battle... It gets interrupted when a group of Nazi soldiers break into the the testing room and try to shoot and kill the characters. These are members of that Blue Death group that I was mentioning before, and they're trying to, of course, find future technology to bring back to uh, help the, uh, the Axis. Now, after the battle, uh, the characters do have the opportunity to do some investigation. So this is actually a good time to earn karma as at the end of each section it does give you some uh, karma rewards. So maybe if a player noticed something or 
did an exceptionally good job at interrogating the prisoners, then the judge could award karma. Because again, these are more or less, you know, you know, standard soldiers. So for a group of superheroes, they're not really going to provide a huge challenge. They're going to actually be the most danger to characters like Hawkeye or Scarlet Witch who don't have any body armor. Also during this section, of course, you're going to want to try to investigate how did these soldiers manage to infiltrate this secure facility? Of course, they had an inside man. So you find out that one of the scientists who was working on this project was actually, uh, he survived from World War II where he was working for the Nazis back then. And when he managed to make contact with these Nazis from the past, of course, he welcomed them into his home, and they were using that as his base of operations. So it was because of him that they were able to infiltrate the uh, the base. Well, from here, you are given the opportunity to try to find uh, where the time machine is. It's yeah, basically just hidden in a sewer, so not really that difficult to get to. But once you get back in the past, that's where the real fun begins. It starts out the time machine lands in the middle of a battle. So this really, again, really isn't that difficult of an encounter for heroes that are adequately protected. You find out there's a general and some soldiers by their overturned jeep, and they're trying to defend themselves from some Nazis. Really, the biggest challenge in this encounter is that there's a tank that they're going to have to contend with. Well, once the party manages to rescue uh, the general and uh, the other soldiers, then this is where they get to meet the invaders. And there's two different places that you can investigate. The first one is one of Hitler's bunkers. The other is a castle in Romania. So one thing that can actually be very beneficial here is they do drop a few clues earlier in the adventure um, where there is a book that they do mention a few times, and that is a very extensive, detailed book on the history of World War II. So if you do manage to uh, if your players manage to find that book, it'll actually be quite helpful for them. Well, here is where the party splits up. Because, well, Captain America, he doesn't quite trust the the heroes yet. So he thinks that probably the best course of action would be to split it where they have some of the invaders go with the heroes to each location. Now, for the group that manages to go to Hitler's bunker, they're in for a nasty surprise because there's a trap that hits the players with an extremely powerful sleep gas. So basically there's no way that the players are going to be able to get out of this part of the encounter. Because while the heroes can certainly use karma to fight off the effects of the sleeping gas eventually they're going to run out of karma. Uh, hopefully your players will get the hint, though, and just not waste any karma on it. Now, once the players have fallen asleep, 
they find themselves waking up in a a maze where they're told that uh, some of their allies have been brainwashed, so um, they're going to uh, test them and make sh- test their loyalty by having them kill the players. And as the players are trying to escape the bunker, they do have the opportunity to pick up a few other items if they're well, if they're doing a careful search um, that will give the other party some clues as to what to do in their part of the adventure. Now, the other group, the one that goes to Romania, they have an encounter with a resistance movement where uh, they're ambushed because they're trying to enter the area using a stolen German truck. So, of course, the resistance fighters think that they're Nazis. So, ideally, what you hope the players are going to do is they're going to realize that these are... uh, you know, they're just resistance fighters and they're going to try to convince them to stop attacking them and join them in their cause. Well, once the players break into the castle, they get to experience the same cheap trap that the other characters do. They also get stuck in a gas trap where they're basically knocked out. Except now, when they wake up, they find themselves tied up on the flight deck of the castle. And this is where they see the other super weapon, the UFO. So the main villains that the players are going to be fighting against here are going to be Baron Zemo and Baron Blood. So this can be a challenging encounter because of Baron Blood. He is a vampire, Um, So, unless the players know that or they're able to pick up on subtle hints, uh, it's going to be very difficult to damage him. So, you pretty much got to treat him like most normal vampires where uh, you got to try to hit him with a stake through the heart or cut off his head. Now, they don't really say if killing undead is going to cause you to lose karma, but in my case, I would say no, it doesn't. Um, Also, during the fight, the... Uh, Nazis are going to launch the UFO. So the players want to try to catch up to the UFO and hopefully destroy it before it gets to the next encounter, which is going to be the big battle. Well, there's one more encounter before we get to the last battle. And this one involves uh, a surprise attack by a bunch of Nazis. So this occurs after the parties have reunited and you're at the command post in Italy. And this is where you find out that the general you rescued before has been under the control of one of Red Skull's mind control devices. So you got to try to snap him out of it without killing him. Well, the final battle, it's actually interesting what they decided to do with this. Um, they, the map that is included in the adventure, it is two-sided. Uh, One side has Hitler's bunker and the flight deck in uh, the Baron's castle. The other side is a large-scale battlefield with the uh, Nazi stronghold on one side and the Allied encampment on the other. So it's interesting the way this is run. The game does include several tokens you can cut out, and fortunately for my copy, the previous owner didn't cut them out, but... Uh, There's pieces representing Allied soldiers, uh, the Howling Commandos, tanks, 
uh, the, the NPC superheroes, Nazi soldiers, Nazi tanks. Uh, also, if Red Skull has not been captured, he will make an appearance in this uh, scenario, as will the UFO super weapon if the players did not manage to destroy it. Now, the players themselves, their main uh, advantage in this one is they're not going to die. They're just supposed to be along with one of the units. And what they do is, as they're commanding their units, they're basically enhancing their morale and gives them a, a bonus to their fighting ability. So this last encounter, as they say in the book, it's pretty much impossible to lose. Uh, there's a couple reasons for this. Um, first, the... Allied forces, um, they do outnumber the Nazis, and not only that, their uh, stats are a little bit better. Plus, the Game Master can always decide that if the players are getting their butts handed to them, he can always throw in reinforcements. But if the Allies need reinforcements, then, well, they the players do lose a little bit of karma. Still, not that difficult of a fight to win. And one thing that is interesting about the adventure is, uh, you do encounter these strange bracelets that were uh, that were recovered from an alien wreckage. And when you find them on, it basically disguises you. It makes you look like, well, just someone in a red and blue suit. Now, after the battle, uh, a young Nick Fury comes up to the players and asks if he can get a, have his picture taken with them. Because, again, since they're under disguise he wouldn't have any way to be able to remember them later in uh later in his life and then after the camera then after the picture is taken the last paragraph of the adventure is as you leave it suddenly occurs to you you've seen that picture the man just took it was hanging on nick fury's office wall so i just thought that was kind of cute cuz you might notice it uh, early in the adventure, and Nick Fury just says, oh, that was some from a battle back in 1943, and don't know who those guys were, but they came in and they basically saved our butts. So there you have it. All this and World War II. Like I said, uh, actually a very well-written adventure. A lot of fun to play through. Doesn't take too long. As I said, you could probably very easily finish it in the course of an afternoon. And like many Marvel superheroes adventures, the really the only tricky part about running it is uh, scaling the damage of some of the enemies so that it'll be adequate to challenge your players. So with that said, I'd like to thank you for tuning in, and have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon. Whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at POIGamestudio.com. 